Blog Talk Radio. that we talk about life's problems that may break or tear our hearts apart. <clears throat> On Reconnect My Heart, we'll discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad you are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call me at 516 516- Four five three nine one one eight. That's five one six four five three nine one one eight. Or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. You can go out to our chat room, which is available right now. Yes, it's online. Our chat room, which is on our website. Now, only thing, if you don't mind, please make sure that when you do send your prayer request on the 
chat room your prayer requests or comments, please make sure to understand that there may be people that may be watching this. So if there's something you want to send privately, you can just let me know that you want to send something private. Telephone number, my telephone number, that way you can text me your prayer request. I would like to say a huge hello, hello, hello to my church family, True Believers, Tapanaka Church, while senior pastor is Pastor Otis Logan. If you're ever in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, feel free to come and worship with us. We are at 4204 Cardinal Drive, Dallas, Texas, 75216. Once again, I want to thank each and everyone who are tuning in, and thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued prayers and support. I hope and pray that everyone had a great day. This is Sunday, the last Sunday in February. So thank God he has brought us from mighty long ways. Now, on today's show, excuse me, we're going to talk about identifying, identifying our insecurities we're going to talk about overcoming them and much more in the episode called facing the crowd with confidence how to deal with our insecurities the lord had led me to speak about this subject and it was kind of funny when it came to me I thought about it for those that don't know some people may see me on the podcast or hear me on the podcast or see me on the videos or whatever but you dealing with a guy that had a multitude of insecurities there were times in my life that I had so many insecurity issues and I can speak with confidence that God has brought me from a mighty long ways pertaining to the insecurities. And so first, before we actually talk about the different issues with insecurities, what we want to do, we want to define what is insecurity. Insecurity is an uncertainty or it's an anxiety about yourself, lacking of confidence pertaining to yourself or your abilities. Pretty much to sum it up, there is some type of fear. Insecurity comes from some type of fear. Now, that fear could be coming from maybe afraid of losing something. That losing something could be some type of your identity, it could be some type of loss. It could be a place. 
sometimes people have positions and they are in fear or inferior that they may be losing their position because someone is coming in. Anytime there is some type of change, sometimes insecurity is exposed. What do I mean? Anytime there is change, that's an opportunity for a person's character to be revealed. And inside that person's character, there be some type of insecurity or some type of fear. So to establish the groundworks of insecurity, when you think about insecurity, the underlying is fear. Now, it could be the fear of the unknown. It could be fear pertaining to, like I said, losing your place, your identity. So we want to break up this episode in two parts. The first part, we want to talk about it from an individual standpoint. A lot of times insecurity comes pretty much is a lot of time it starts when a person is small. A lot of time, especially I'll just say like myself, myself, I come from a, a big family. I come from uh, I'm one of five siblings. And so a lot of times a lot of people don't have to look at some type of competition or comparing yourself outside of the home. A lot of time it begins when a person is small, especially when they have many siblings or a huge family. See, people want to know or people want validation. People want their identity to be respected and held up. They don't want to lose their place or their identity. I realize in there's one child, the child may be feeling great, feeling confident. But then when that little child finds out that he may have a sibling or he does have a, he or she may have a sibling coming in, a lot of times there's a threat because they feel that that new child is going to get more attention than themselves. A lot of times the new child, which of course, newborn baby is going to need some attention, but a lot of times, unless the child have been taught that they're not losing their place, but actually them being involved in the raising or the helping of their sibling, that newborn child. If they don't understand their involvement, a lot of time insecurity will set in. Like I said, fear. The attention that used to go to them because they were the only child, now they have to share that attention. And sometimes that attention is not going to be 50-50. A lot of time it might be 90-10, especially if that child has uh, have had difficulties coming in or may, may have some type of special need, some special attention that needs to be with that new child, especially when the mother is recuperating as well. So if mother and father is there in the home 
and the new child is there, but that that firstborn is there. If their mother is still bedridden or recuperating, now father has to take care of not just the newborn, but also mother. So a lot of times that child that was already there may feel neglected. And a lot of times they may blame themselves. And so a lot of times when we deal with insecurity, especially when you have spoken with someone who may have had a bout with insecurity, a lot of times when situations occur or some type of change, they feel that it's their fault. A lot of times they may feel that, you know what, they're to blame. Even if it doesn't directly relate to them, even if it's not a direct change through them or to them or A lot of times they just feel that, well, if they were out of the picture, then maybe things would be better. So a lot of times, not only dealing with the insecurity, but a lot of times it comes, uh, depression may come with that insecurity. The insecurity may produce, like I said, not only fear, but depression, sometimes even anger, anger, because they're trying to get their point across. And a lot of times a person dealing with insecurity, they feel like they, they're not being heard. It's like screaming in an empty room. You're screaming your heart out, but no one is listening. So a lot of times when you, when you know someone that's dealing with insecurity, a lot of times they have a lot of issues that are going on. And it's not just the insecurity, but Insecurity, if you want to say insecurity, is like the hamburger. But when you look at a hamburger, a lot of times there's the cheese, tomatoes, mayonnaise, mustard, pickles. It's a lot of things that go along with that hamburger. So when we look at insecurity, when you're dealing with someone that's dealing with insecurity, or even if you have dealt with it yourself, it's going to take a mature person for us to be able to analyze ourselves in a healthy way or deal with someone that's trusting to help us to point out some things within ourselves to help us to be able to, if you want to say, face the music or face the crowd. But a couple of things I wanted to bring up, not just starting small, but it tends to having a big family, A lot of times, some things that may make us feel insecure, like I said, not just a newborn child, but also some type of physical difference. If you're physically different than others, there may be someone that may be overweight, maybe someone that's small, someone that's tall, someone that's short. Even some type of physical feature, I know um, I used to hear about some kids that used to get picked on because they had a unibrow, and that's hair in between uh, both your eyebrows. You know, it, it was linked together. Those kind of things may bring some insecurities. Comparing yourself to others, and like I said, not just pertaining to those who are outside of the home, uh, family, excuse me, friends, um, 
coworkers, schoolmates, classmates, but even with family. Uh, there's a wrestling family that I know about for those who in the Dallas area, there was a wrestling family called the Von Erichs back in the eighties, the seventies and eighties. And there were three older brothers that were real great wrestlers. And then there were two younger brothers and the younger brothers were told that they needed to wrestle to, you know, keep up the family name, but they were not as good as the older brothers. Matter of fact, the baby brother had asthma and his brothers, the three older ones, one was six foot seven, another one six foot three, another one six foot two. But the baby boy was five seven. And unfortunately, he ended up committing suicide. He wasn't the only one. It was matter of fact three of them that committed suicide, but one of them in particular, the baby boy, he ended up committing suicide because he was not able to be the phys- at the physical stature as his older brothers. And matter of fact, he had a bad asthma condition that preventing him, preventing him from being the athlete just like his older brothers. So a lot of times there may be, if you want to say some sibling rivalry, uh, there's some type of uh, some of it. It may be very much up there in the front. Some of it may be subtle. Some of them may be you may not recognize it in the very beginning. They may not be very vociferous about it, but deep within, especially if the family were athletic or a successful business person or what if several siblings got married and one of them still single? Hmm. So there's a lot of competition, mental competition that may be going on within a person. And sometimes the person that they're comparing themselves to may not be aware of it, but that's not something that they can control. The key thing is a lot of times the person that dealing with insecurity they looking at themselves and a lot of times they keep a lot of things within them. And like I said, you may not even be aware of it, but someone may be looking at you and may be envious or jealous of something or someone that you have. Especially I've heard this a couple of weeks ago. There were some siblings that were married and one of them had a very good husband but the other one did not. And so the one that did not have the good husband, she was envious of her sister's husband. She desired that. She didn't desire the husband, but she desired that same type of marriage or same type of relationship. Now, I'm not saying, you know, you desiring uh, is wrong. You desire to have a good spouse or a good marriage. I'm not saying that's wrong. No, that's not wrong. But the thing was, she was comparing her marriage, her sister's marriage. And instead of her seeking God about it, she was seeking her own desire or her own hurt. And she ended up eventually having that marriage to be lost. 
But the thing was, instead of her looking at God, she was looking at her sister's marriage. And a lot of times that brings conflict within the family. Give me bring conflict. So we have to be able to be aware that a lot of times the competition is not outside of the home. To an insecure person, the competition is sometimes right in front of them. Sometimes it could be someone that they know, someone that they are related to. So you just never know, but a lot of time when someone is insecure, they look for people. Sometimes they look for validation. Sometimes they look for people so that way they can beat themselves up. A lot of people that's insecure, they beat themselves up over every little thing. And that's one thing I can honestly say. I know about that. I was there. A lot of times people dealing with insecurity, they allow themselves to hear every negative word. We received every negative word that was said to us, but every positive word, we refused it. Every negative word that a person said, we actually went went along with them. We received it, and we validated that. We allowed ourselves to be the butt of the joke. But as soon as someone gives us a compliment, we make an excuse. Ah, oh, this, I know you like this shirt, but this, this is old. Oh, I had this a long time ago. This old thing, yeah, we make excuses instead of just saying thank you. Like I said, as soon as we hear negative words, comments, people say nasty things about us, people fussing, people complaining, we receive that. And it's like it's like an abuse. We receive that abuse, even if it's verbal abuse. We receive that. We take that as our identity. But as soon as someone says something positive, some type of compliment, we don't receive that. We think that they're talking about somebody else. And sometimes we make excuses for People talking negative about us. When someone says something positive, we're making an excuse to tell them that they're wrong. Been there. Someone says, hey, I like your hair. Mm. Oh, well, you know, I don't see what you like about it. Everything got to be negative. I'm being honest with you. (laughs) When you listen to people, you listen to them they let you know how they are. I don't care. I don't care what they are in. I don't care what position that they have. I don't care what type of financial status that they have. You listen to a person long enough, they will disclose who they really are. So there are so many things that would, in our mind, make us insecure or make us look at ourselves, especially we was talking, I was talking to someone a couple of days ago, especially get this when there's comparison, like I said, even within family or friendship where one sibling or one family member is bright and the other one is dark. 
Hmm. Think about that. Even if someone, same sibling, listen, same parents, but you have a dark sibling and you're a bright-skinned, a lot of time that brings insecurity. It could be insecurity from not just the darker complexion because that person may be treated differently than the bright-skinned one. There may be some sense of entitlement that the bright-skinned one may have versus the other one. The other one just, you know, never be picked. The one that's bright-skinned, they may tell, oh, you are beautiful. You look so nice. And that dark sibling may have the same dress. Oh, that's cute. See? They they can say the same thing. They can hear the same thing from somebody, but the person that's saying it, they may say it differently with the bright-skinned one versus the darker-complected one. Hmm. So with the insecurity, a lot of times insecure people, one of the things that they hate to do, they hate to look at themselves in the mirror. Insecure people, especially insecure about their complexion, about how they look, their appearance, that's what I'm saying, their appearance, when someone is insecure about their appearance, they hate to look at the mirror because they may see the imperfection that they think that they have that's the first thing sometimes that's the only thing that they will look at someone that may be overweight the first thing they're going to see or excuse me the first thing they're going to concentrate on is what the love handles or someone they feel that they may not be as attractive as somebody else, what they gonna do? They gonna look at, hmm. Well, they they look better than me, or this or that. You know, a lot of time instead of looking at the positive, instead of looking at our strong point, we are gonna look at and focus on the imperfection. But not only dealing with our insecurity pertaining to who we are. Uh, pertaining to how we look, but the other insecurity is pertaining to our ability, what we're able to do or what we're not able to do. One of the things I found out, a person could be confident in who they are. A person can be confident in their appearance, but just because they are they are confident about themselves or about their appearance, sometimes they still may be insecure pertaining to their abilities. You know, I found out with one of the questions, we really understand this. Sometimes insecurity comes at the time when we feel in our mind that there is a time for change to take place or a need for change to take place. In other words, when a change is about to come, 
or when a change needs to come, that brings up insecurities. See, when we get ready to go into a new business adventure, now I'm going to be questioning, am I good enough to do it? Am I smart enough to handle it? Would I be able to be successful in this matter? See, a lot of times because of, sometimes because of our inexperience, sometimes because of our, if you want to say, lack of confidence within ourselves or within our abilities, sometimes it can make us have an anxiety attack or a panic attack thinking about, oh, my gosh, am I going to fail? I'm going to tell you this. I have those that know I have one son. He's 13. But when I found out that I was going to become a father, oh, my goodness. I found out, I believe, that his mother was two and a half months, and I was a nervous wreck. And then he ended up coming early. He was a preemie. And as far as being a father, the first thing I thought about now, this little person, especially being a boy, this little person is relying upon me to teach him about life. Nothing against his mother, but I'm looking at it from a father's standpoint. This little person is dependent upon me to teach him how to be a man. And at the time, I believe I was 33 when he was born. And I'm still looking like I'm learning how to be a man myself. But I was so, being honest with you, I was so scared. I was very scared. And I did not want to fail. That's another thing about insecurity. Sometimes the fear of failure, it trumps everything pertaining to what we need to be thinking about. The fear of failure. Am I good enough to not just start something, but to continue it, to complete it? Am I smart enough? Am I good enough? That was something, my goodness, especially when he needed blood. So I told the doctor that I was going to go ahead and uh, donate some blood. And I just knew for a fact that it was going to be a match. And especially this is the opportunity where daddy can come to the rescue because his son was going to need some blood. And like I said, especially as a father, I wanted to be a hero to my son. Even if he wouldn't have known it, I wanted to do that. That was going to that was going to make me feel good to be able to give that to my son. And I got a call from the doctor's office, and I found out that we were not a match. And my heart just sunk. It took me some time to get over that because I felt like a failure. I felt like daddy failed. But I realized even though we were not a match because I'm AB positive, my blood is AB positive, and he's B positive. So I'm thinking, well, 
I'm AB positive, and he's B, so he can use part of my blood because I got B in it, but I was I had to be educated. They told me no. See, I can receive blood from any type of person because of my blood type, but I can only give blood to AB positive people. And I was, like I said, I was just so distraught. That God plied him with the blood that he needed for the transfusion. So, with that being a letdown to me, that brought another form of insecurity that I had as a father. But I thank God since then, God has helped me and God has healed me from that. So, like I said, we got to think about when the time comes for change, and that change could be not just pertaining to school, not just pertaining to business, but get this, even pertaining to age. Sometimes people can become insecure about getting older. Sometimes they feel that, well, because this happened in, on my mama's side or that happened on my daddy's side, it's going to happen to me. Like I said, that fear, that fear comes in, and it makes us scared. Fear was designed to paralyze us. And a lot of times, we just think about fear of doing something or whatever. But you have to understand, with insecurity, the if you want to say the relative of insecurity is fear. And it's 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 a spirit. Fear is a spirit, and also insecurity is a spirit. And a lot of time, both of them go together. If by chance, if by chance someone is dealing with some type of insecurity, not only that fear is there. But a lot of times when we look at it, it stems from some type of loss or, like I said, some type of position that they feel that they're going to lose. Even, get this, even abandonment, even abandonment, abandonment a lot of times bring those insecurities because when we have become abandoned by something or someone, a lot of time we feel that they got rid of us or they left us because of who we are or because we were not pretty enough or because they didn't love us. And a lot of times the devil will want to use that to make us to become our identity. In other words, because they left us, that meant that I wasn't deserving of love. And not just pertaining to a relationship love of uh, dating or marriage, but even pertaining to friendship, even pertaining to family. The rejection that comes or the rejection that a person deals with, when a person is rejected, like I said, it brings some insecurity. And a lot of times when a person 
has become insecure because of being rejected, a lot of times it makes them or it leads them to do things that is underneath them or do things that they may end up regretting later on. You see someone that may be living in the street, excuse me, you see someone that may be on the streets, someone that may be in prostitution. A lot of times they're doing that out of some type of abandonment. There have been some type of abandonment, some type of hurt that they have dealt with. They they have not dealt with yet. There may be some type of hurt that may be underlined. And a lot of times we see them and it's easy for someone to walk away from them. It's e- that's the easy thing for us to do. But how about we go and we just talk to them, minister to them, but also get this, something that we don't do often, listen. Listen to a person. A lot of times when we try to talk to people, we misdiagnose them. When we try to talk to people, a lot of times we make assumptions and we're totally off. But see, God wants us to use the spirit of discernment for us to listen. Listen, get this. He wants us to listen with our spiritual ears, not so much with our physical ears, our spiritual ears to get to the root of the problem. So that way, when we listen with our spiritual ears, then God will speak to our spirit to tell them or to share with them what he wants them to know so they can begin the healing that they need. But before we get ready to go on out, I'm going to share with you a couple of things. I'm going to check and see if there's anyone to have any questions. Okay. Now, some of the things we got to think about, the fear of losing something or the fear of not wanting to lose something, we have to think about a lot of times because we we're so used to uh, because of that routine anytime a routine is about to be interrupted it places fear upon us also because of our position our position we have allowed our position to become our identity and also the key thing with Losing or losing something or losing someone or being rejected, a lot of times with that, that end up producing hurt. Listen, that end up producing hurt. And that hurt, a lot of times we just look at hurt pertaining to, um, let's just say, someone that may be grieving or someone uh relationship broke up, someone uh got a divorce. Okay, that's one thing. But get this, even pertaining to hurt within families, a lot of time that's one of the key areas that we often overlook. See, we deal with people with in helping them with divorce. We helping them with um, different things other than 
dealing with issues within the family. A lot of things that make a person to become who they are right now is because of what has transpired within the family. I brought that up earlier and bringing it up now because I want to emphasize when you look at generations, your family, your your parents, and the and their parents, their siblings, and everything. When you really just check out things, you have to ask yourself: Are there any unresolved issues that may they may have not dealt with? And then, if they haven't dealt with it, has it came into your home as you growing up? Hmm. See, a lot of things, we can easily try to fix the problems with our, quote-unquote, with our mate, spouse, with our coworkers, with our classmates. But we fail, or even with the church, but we fail to do it within our families. And that's something that God, excuse me, God is really pressing upon me about. We have to be able to get, excuse me, exposed first, exposed to conditions within the families. So that way we can get the healing that we need. Cause I'm telling you, even if you check out what's going on at work, what's going on at school, or even what's going on at church. You fix those things. You address those things. That's good. But if you don't deal with the, if you want to say, totality of problems, even if it's within your own family, what's going to happen, you will never be healed completely from that insecurity or from that hurt. We have to deal with it even if it pertains to our family. Because if not, that generational curse is going to continue. And like I said, we see it so much, but a lot of times we just don't talk about it. See, a lot of times we assume that everything will be out. They'll get over it. We assume that. Why? Because they're family. Just be real. We take family for granted. We take it for granted, and that's so unfortunate. And you'd be surprised. There are siblings that don't even communicate right now. Or, I'm going to say it like this. There are some siblings, even that do, they don't love each other. They don't trust each other. They don't deal with each other. They just on a small small talk conversation. That's all they do. They don't talk about real fun things. They don't talk about real hard pressing things. They don't they don't have a relationship. They get along better with strangers than they do their own siblings. Why? Because there's something that's there that has not been dealt with. There's some underlying issue that's there. And you'd be surprised if you sit down and get them together and let them talk. It was an issue that happened 30 or 40 years ago. But because we're family, we feel that family going to always be there. And like I said, that's why even though family, we may communicate with them, but we really don't know our family. 
Why? Because even like with friendship, friendships, you build, you talk to, you communicate, you hang, you, you spend quality time with each other. There's a trust that is developed. But family, we don't take out the time to build relationships within family. Why? Because we think that family going to always be there. And we're taught family needs to stick together. Family needs to do for family. That's fine and dandy, but do we really know each other? The answer is no. Just being real. So I had I just had to share that with you. But what we have to do, let's talk about dealing with the issue insecurity. First, let me pull this up. First, knowing your identity, knowing who you are. First of all, we have to understand that we're made in God's image and likeness. Now, even though with me, hmm, I used to hate my height. I wanted to be taller. Allow me to be the height that I am for a reason. We have to first learn and know who we are. Not who we are compared to others, but who we are in Christ. That's our true identity. We have to know and we have to be comfortable with who we are in Christ. Another thing I want to share with you. We have to learn to like it. We have to learn to like ourselves. Listen, not just love ourselves. Because there are many people, we say we love them, but we really, we really loving them because of we're commanded to love. God told us to love everybody. That's, loving somebody, that's easy. But we need to learn to like ourselves. Learn to like ourselves, not just love ourselves. See, loving ourselves that means we can actually tolerate ourselves. We can we can tolerate ourselves, yeah. But when we like ourselves, we celebrate ourselves. So there is a difference. You can tolerate yourself or you can celebrate yourself. So start not just loving yourself, but do something. Not just loving yourself and liking yourself. But do this, look in the mirror and start talking to the person within the mirror. And I don't mean just look and glance off. I mean, look at that person that's in the mirror, eyeball to eyeball, and speak what you want others to say about you. Look in the mirror, and if you don't know what you want to say, and if you don't know what you want people to say to you, how about you pick up the Bible and you start seeing what God said about you and recite it to the person that's in the mirror. The other thing, I call this the ABC. The ABC, A, we have to have the ability. This is pertaining to getting over insecurity pertaining to doing things. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm jumping over, I'm jumping over, I'm sorry. Let me go back to 
knowing your identity. I'm sorry. Knowing your identity. You have to know who you are in Christ. The Bible tells us that God made us a little lower than the angels. God made us unique. God made each and every one of us with gifts and talents. In other words, God has investment in you. God has stock in you. There is a purpose of you being here, and there is a purpose of how you look, purpose of even in the color of your skin, the color of your eyes. You are made for a specific reason. I found out the singer David Bowie. David Bowie had two different color of eyes. One eye, one eyeball, I believe it was blue, and then the other one was gray. I believe it was that color, but it was two different colors. And and get this, that made him stand out. Now, he could have been insecure about it, and I don't know how it was when he was growing up, but eventually that gave him a a difference. They, they gave him a, if you want to say, a bookmark to let people know how unique he was. So, knowing who you are in Christ, knowing your identity, also, get this, you are highly loved, loved by God and loved by others. Listen, 1 Peter 5 and 7 says, cast all your cares upon him for he what? He cares for you. God cares for you. There is someone that cares for you. And get this, God himself cares for you and he stations things for you. He stationed things that you may, not just that you may need, but even that you desire. He's concerned about your desires. He's concerned about everything pertaining to you. But also, get this, regardless of your past, God loves you and God want to help you and heal you from your past. And a lot of times, even with the things that we you've we used to do or the things that we have done in the past, sometimes they can make us beat ourselves up. Sometimes they can really take a toll on us because we feel so guilty for the things that we have done in the past. But get this, Romans 12 and 2 says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect in the perfect will of God. In other words, God wants you to listen. Let your mind be transformed and also understand that you are forgiven. But don't allow the devil to what? Get into your head. The devil wants to get into your head to make you feel that you're not good enough to do what God has you to do. God has a purpose and an assignment for all of us, but the devil going to always, before you get ready to go forward in your future, the devil going to always try to bring up your past, your past mistakes, your past failures. 
you're getting ready to go into a new relationship, and the devil going to try to bring up your old relationship. See, the old one failed. Every relationship that you got into failed. That man or that woman that you were with, they cheated on you. This one coming up going to cheat on you, going to leave you. So how about you just go ahead and you do it to them before they do it to you? The devil going to try to bring those things into your head. Even some things that you may have done that might have been sinful or even criminal, the devil going to try to bring those things. You can't, oh, how are you going to help the youth? How are you going to uh, raise your kids and tell them that they don't need to do this, they don't need to do that? You did everything. You can't, you can't tell them anything. See, the devil going to try to make you feel that you're not, you're not responsible enough to do what God have you to do, what God wants you to do. That's why we have to remember 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature or a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things come new. That's pertaining to who we are. Now, let's talk about our abilities pertaining to what we inspire to do what we desire to do. There may be someone that may be listening that God told them, hey, I want you to go off and start this business. And what happened? We allowed those insecurities to get into our head that we can't do this. We're going to fail. I don't have any formal training. I I don't know how to talk to people. We make every excuse. To not do it. Look at Moses. God told Moses he wanted him to lead the Israelites, but Moses was speaking that he had a speech impediment. He can't talk. But in spite of that, he became a great leader. But we got to look at Ephesians 6 10 through 12. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. That's something right there we got to think about. What God have for us to do or what God want us to do, we have to realize we don't have to go in our own power or ability. We can go in his power. See, get this. If God has given you the assignment or God has given you an assignment or even an opportunity not just pertaining to ministry, but even pertaining to business or whatever, an idea. God gave you that because he can entrust that with you if you use his ability. But he wants us to consult him. And what I found out, he does not want, he's not concerned about our experience. I want to bring this up. He's not, he not concerned about our uh, our past experience or our current experience. He's not concerned about that. Let me give you some examples. God used God used a little shepherd boy named David to become a mighty king. God used a rejected brother named Joseph that eventually saved his entire family. Get this. Even Joseph himself, he could have had every excuse to become insecure. He was 
Look, he was rejected by his brothers, left for dead, sold in slavery, thrown in jail, even a, and get this, he might have been a good-looking brother because the king's wife tried to hit on him. But even dealing with that, eventually he became a savior to his family. But not only him, not only David, not only Joseph, but God used a virgin teenager named Mary to bring forth our Savior. Also, God used a scared queen named Esther and gave her the courage to face the king. Also, get this, God used Noah who never built a boat, not even a ship before. But God used him to build something that never was made for something that never happened, never happened before, which was rain. God used an inexperienced Noah to prepare an ark for the upcoming rain. Get that. All those people I mentioned, David, Joseph, Mary, Esther, and Noah were all inexperienced people. But they took instructions from God. And they became successful in accomplishing the assignment that God had for them. So that's the same thing with you. God may have you. God may have placed something within your heart, something on your mind for you to do. But the devil trying to make you hmm, feel that you're going to fail, to make you feel that uh, you can't do it. Look at everybody else. Everybody else that tried to do that has failed. What make you think you're going to be successful? Hmm. But one of the scriptures we got to think about, that's Philippians 4 and 15. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, who gives me the ability. Also, we got to think about 1 Samuel 16 and 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height or at his stature. Because I have refused them, for the Lord does not see as man see. For man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the what? The motives. And he was speaking about David. Philippians 4 and 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, that your request be made known. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will be with you. Also, last but not least, this is one that really, really caught my attention. Ephesians 2 and 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good work, which God prepared beforehand that we shall walk in them. Get this. This not just pertaining to uh, we are his workmanship. That means we are his his 
piece of art. We are his art. We are his creation. And not just to do, uh, we are his workmen as far as being great, but we are to accomplish great things. Whatever God has for you to do, he has everything accessible for you to be successful. Now we're going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to the first person, area code 214. Hello, welcome to Reconnect My Heart. How are you doing today? Hello? Hello? Okay, I'll go to the next caller. This is area code 903. Hello, welcome to Reconnect My Heart. How are you doing today? Hello? Hello. Yes, ma'am. Yes, Hello. ma'am. Would you like would you like to say anything? Um about the um name was you saying? About was it like confidence and stuff like that? Yes. Um, uh, I have dealt with confidence. I still deal with it right now to this day. Um basically sometime about my weight. Or just myself, person, just myself. Period. Like ever since I had my baby, I feel like I'm not the same. My body's not the same. Not saying that my baby is mm-hmm. what caused my weight loss or whatever like that. It's just that I feel like I don't get the same attention that I used to or something like that. Ever since I had my baby, not saying I regret my baby or anything like that. Um, and also like. My hair-wise, my hair is not the same. It's just like things are not the same towards my weight loss, hair. Um, Like you said in the beginning, like you listen to negative things about what people say to you instead of the positive thing that people tell you. Like people have been complimenting me like, oh, Kelly, I like your hair or you're cute and this, this, and this. And I just be like, oh, it's just a scarf or it's just some type of hairband or whatever. But... Like you said, that we gotta stop. Um, we gotta stop dealing with or listening to the negative things that people tell us, and like you said, compliment them for telling us the positive things and listening to the bad things. Yeah, totally understand. Like I said, I I deal with that. Um, matter of fact, <laughs> I took off my shirt yesterday and I noticed I gained a little weight. And I said, oh, no. <laughs> I said, after I get my my ankle worked on, I'm going to start back exercising. And funny thing, I bought a gym pass two months ago and still have not used it. Me being transparent, mm-hmm. I hate to work out in front of people. I hate it. I never liked it. To me, that's an intimate thing. But um, the things that we may be insecure about are actually things that we can actually work on. Just like our weight or even speaking in front of people. The only thing we can Mm -hmm. overcome our weakness is face it. It's just like when someone have to speak or or talk in front of a, a crowd, the only way for us to, be successful is to do it. So what we have to do is think about in our mind, if we look 
not at their eyes, but just look at their hair or something. You don't have to make eye contact with them. Just speak and realize what you say is important. What you have to tell them is important because not just the message is important, but the messenger, you, is important. So with you, you're just as good as any or any or everybody else. I'm just as good as any or everybody else. So we can face regardless if if I'm in the room and Shamar Moore comes, Shamar Moore is a great looking young man. But because he may come in and the females may fall out or faint or whatever like that, that's fine and dandy. But that does not that does not remove my identity or who I am as a man. So the same thing with you. Things may have changed a little bit, but they still be changed back. But even if they do not change back, if you choose not to have it change back, just knowing that who you are in your baby eyes or even in family and friends that love you and know you, no matter what size, what height that you are, they know who you really are, and that's who they love, and that's what they love. And not love you because what they can get out of you, but love you for who you are. Oh, my honor, my honor. I appreciate you. I'm going to go over here. Next call is from 469. Hello, welcome to Reeking in My Heart. How you doing today? Hello? Okay, we'll go to the next caller. This is uh, 706, 706 area call, my friend, my friend. Welcome to Rick and Emerald Heart. How you doing today? Hello? We're going to go over here. Hello, welcome to Rick and Emerald Heart. How you doing today? Good evening, Brother Jim. Hello there, hello there. How you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? Doing good, doing good, doing good. Okay. So just to piggyback off of what you were talking about, insecurity, um, I realized growing up, as you know, when I've grown up in my childhood life, I had a speech impairment. And, you know, when you're in elementary or, you know, kids can be really cruel. So I was teased a lot by this speech impairment, and people couldn't understand me. And wanting to be accepted, I felt like I was different from everybody else. I wanted to be accepted. I didn't love who I was. And even growing up in my household, you know, even though we're close, my brothers, my siblings always separated me from the crowd. And I learned that by that insecurity, even though I had grown, grown, you know, the speech impairment, as I got older in life and graduated from school, I was able to complete full senses. I was able to speak where people can understand me, go to college. I still hear behind that. And, and the fear of, you know, the insecurity I had within me because I didn't know who I was. I didn't think I was beautiful. I didn't care about myself. I thought that I had to be somebody different. And I walked around always, like I could walk down the street and I would see somebody that looked like they had it together. And then I would try to emulate like, what if that was me? How can I? And I found myself being like a chameleon. Like I think that's what it's where they mimic, try to mimic the other person. 
and not because I didn't know who I was. So then mm-hmm. I go into relationships because of the insecurity. Insecurity can can rob you, and it has mm-hmm. robbed me of, of a lot in my life because I was afraid to, you know, find me out loving who I was. I was just, you know, I would try to fit in with groups. I would try to be somebody I wasn't. I would just take anybody to love me. Um, and just like the young lady said earlier on the phone about um, after having our child, not feeling the same, not getting the same compliment, a lot of that also has to do because I heard her say, well, she didn't get the same attention. Sometimes we need that attention to validate who we are when we're insecure about when we don't know who we are and we're in, and we're fighting with insecurity. We need the validation of other people. I find myself sitting here wanting, you know, constantly putting myself down so somebody else can praise me. And at the moment that they praise me and say something good about me, I wouldn't receive it. Mm-hmm. But it this went on, this went on not like once a month. It was a daily thing. It was a daily thing. They can repeat their stuff over and over and tell me how beautiful I was or how kind or how sweet or how smart I was. I needed to hear it, but I didn't accept it. I rejected. And, you know, all these things, even when you mentioned about Moses, Moses had a speech impairment, but still God chose him to do a mighty work and to lead his people. Um, you know, so the Bible has all the all the um the examples that we need to figure out how to love ourselves and to overcome such insecurity, but it's such a hard thing to do. And I don't know. It's easy if we comprehend how to do it, you know. But a lot of us don't. We still beat ourselves up about it. We still wake up in the mirror, and we can sit there one day, and it can be the hardest thing to do in the, to say, hey, you're beautiful. I love you. Mm. But then once we turn around, we forget what we look like. We don't, I mean, we, and then we forget that we just say that we're beautiful. We forget who we are. You know, and mm-hmm. then it goes on to where we won't say it again. We go for weeks and weeks, and then we just keep our mouth silent. And when people say you're beautiful, we're like, oh, yeah, I know, but it's it's, it's a hard thing to do. So, I'm just saying with this insecurity, it's a, it's, it's a pretty, how I say, difficult demon to deal with, especially when yeah. it's within you, within yourself. Yeah, you know, and uh, I will say this because, like I said, I dealt with it. Matter of fact, even when you were speaking, I thought I thought about a time, and this to me, I don't mind, <laughs> I don't mind being transparent. Um, I used to like when I was growing up. If I like the girl, mm-hmm. and we end up dating, excuse <clears throat> me, so like we're dating or something, and everything's still kind of young and fresh, and I was just so excited. And then I found out what type of guy she likes. Now at the time I had hair, but I found out she liked guys with short hair and look like this, look like that. What I used to do, I used to try to look like the guy that she liked. And I became that kind of person. I became that person. And then when I became that person that she said she liked, then she would dump me and be with someone of how I used to look like. Right. You know, and so for years I dealt with that. And I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that even when I looked in the mirror, God told me to look in the mirror one day and Say I love you, and I ain't gonna lie to you. That was the three words. I love you. Okay, and I looked in the mirror, and I couldn't even say it because I didn't believe. I don't believe in saying something just to be saying something. You know, if I say something, 
I speak not out of my mouth, but I speak from my heart. So when I looked in that mirror, my heart couldn't even say to myself, I love you, because I didn't know how to love myself. That became real to me. And I was in my 30s. I think I was 30 years, no, 30, I believe. Uh, Yeah, I was 30, 29 or 30 years old. So to have to look in the mirror and face the person that was in the mirror, like I said, I hated looking at myself. I hated it. And I remember the negative words, the harsh words that were said to me. Um, I was called a flat book. I was, I was called a flat butt Mexican. I was called um, ugly duckling. I remember those things, and I accepted that. And then when someone gave me a compliment, it made me feel uncomfortable. I remember when I had um, it was a relationship I was in that I believe was in '95 or something like that, and I was so ugly to myself it was in the summertime I would actually wear a long trench coat with shades and glass uh, shades and a hat and have to go out to the store my mom wanted me to go to the store for and everything and I didn't want to be seen I didn't want nobody to look at me when people looked at me or people stared at me I, I walked away because I felt like I was ugly I felt ugly and I had to face when God told me to look in the mirror I had to learn how to do that every day every day I had to speak to this little kid right here I had to speak to that little ugly boy within me to let him know that he really wasn't ugly he was done ugly but that doesn't mean that he is ugly but also, God never made anything ugly. God didn't make any mistakes. Even if someone, even if someone was born out of wedlock or born um, from an abusive relationship or sexual abuse or whatever like that, regardless of how you got here, you were going to get here anyway. You were not a mistake. But I had to learn that. And I had to I had to recite and receive what God said instead of what I thought or what other people thought. And I want to encourage you, encourage those who may be listening, even encourage myself to say that daily. We have to give ourselves daily affirmation because there's negativity all around us on the news, on TV, radio, all these things. But how about we say something from God's word to ourselves about us? But um, but I number one, I do appreciate your transparency, and I think that that's something that will really help. And that's why I wanted this platform for us to be able to not just quote unquote hear me speak, but for other people to understand. Look here. For those who may be talking and you sharing your testimony, there are seven or 8,000 people who may not even have the strength to even admit that, but they feel you right now. So you're speaking that how to say you are the voice of the voiceless. You are the voice. You're speaking on behalf of those who felt just like you. 
speaking on behalf of those who were just like me. The young lady that called, she's speaking up for someone who may be, might be a mother that feels the same way. She might have four or five kids, and she used to she used to be athletic. She used to do this when she was in school, but now life has transpired. Kids, raising kids, and have lost her identity in raising kids and being there for everybody else except for herself. Now she don't know who she is. Maybe someone that may be dealing with, maybe someone that may be dealing with um, emptiness. Thank you, Lord. That was trying to think of that word. Emptiness, the emptiness syndrome. Someone may be dealing with that. We never, just never know. Call Obama. I got a few more calls on the line. I want to bring this up before I forget. I mentioned it earlier, but I, I didn't bring it back. I mentioned about the ABC. Remembering ABC, when you think about, can you open up that business? Can you do, even if, like I said, maybe insecure within doing ministry, God may be leading you to do something like me. God told me he wanted me to go forward. God told me he had a purpose and plan for me. Like I I don't know if I mentioned this some months ago, but my goal in life was to be a professional wrestler. But God told me he had other plans for me. He said he wanted me to trust, he wanted me to trust him with my plans. With his with the plans he had for me in my life, I said, "What do you want me to do?" He said, "I don't want you to wrestle. I want you to be known for your brains." Now, this is me. When I was in high school, I had slight dyslexia. I didn't like to talk. As far as speaking, my speaking, my grammar, and all this stuff was not up to par. But God said He wanted to use me to talk to people and stuff. I said, uh-uh, I'm not going to be an embarrassment. But later on, I had to realize I have to trust him. And because I trusted him, God placed me and blessed me to be where I am today. And the funny thing about it, the wrestling company that I was going to work for, a couple of years later, they went out of business. So God knew some plans, and God knew my plans better than I knew my own. Mine would have failed. ABC, understand, if you're thinking about doing something or God gave you a vision, God gave you an idea, I want you to think about the ABC. A, ability. You have the ability but what you got to do, you got to start with what you already got. A, ability. Start with what you already got. When Moses had to part the Red Sea, God told him to use the rod that was in his hand. The rod that was in his hand was already there. In other words, the tools that he needed, he already had it with him. So that's the same thing God is telling you. You already got the ability. Now you got to use the tools. Be. Be obedient. 
Be obedient to the purpose and the plan that God has for you. Be obedient. Disobedience will get you outside of God's will. But obedience will keep you in rhythm with God and the things of God and the things that God has for you. The Bible tells us, if you acknowledge him in all your ways, he shall direct our paths. That means make your paths way straight. Paths. P-A-T-H-S. More than one. C. Be consistent. We got to be consistent with what we are doing. We have to be consistent. Be a person of consistency. If anybody want to know your character, if anybody speak about your character, let them say you are consistent. That's something that we fail at a lot of times. But we have to ask God to help us. And like I said, when God give us something, he entrusted, he entrusted with us. And get this, if he gave you something, he knows that you can continue it. He knows that you can do it. If you use his strength, his ability, his word. So A, ability. B, be consistent. I know the two words. C, consistency. And D, delivery. In other words, follow through with it until the end. I found out when it get close to the time that Things are about to be complete. That's when the devil going to bring more headache, more problems, distractions, all these things. We got to think about the delivery just like delivering a baby. At the delivering stage of delivering a baby, the water breaks. There's going to be a breaking of the water. And when that breaking of the water happens, that means that the baby's finna come. And get this, those labor pains, some fears, those pains, it's hard. But get this, the pain is going to remain until the baby comes out. So that's the same thing we have to think about. Even though we may be having pain pertaining to our distractions with the purpose and the plan or the assignment that God has given us. Regard, like I said, regardless of what it is, not just in ministry, but in business, um, an ideal God has given. God entrusted you with that. But get this. Remember, your water broke, and the pain won't be forever. But the distraction that the devil may try to get into our mind to make us give up before the baby comes. The devil wants us to have a spiritual miscarriage. But God has already promised us that he will be with us to the end. But we got to trust his strength and his ability. If we trust his strength and his ability, not only we will be able to overcome whatever pain that we may be dealing with, whatever distraction we may be dealing with, but also we will give birth to the purpose and the promise that God has for us, and it will be successful. 
it will be successful. I'm going to go to uh, like two lines, and then uh, we're going to wrap up the show. I'm going to go to this person. Try one more time. The area code 706. Hello. 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 This is Rick Namaha Podcast. Hello. How's everything going? Everything's going great. How about yourself, sir? I'm really enjoying the show, and I'm so glad to get through. I'd just like to say something that is close to my heart regarding yes. confidence in kids. My mother and, and my father were divorced when I was three years old. My father was abusive to my mom. And um, I looked a whole lot like my dad. And when me and my brothers and sisters would have differences, mm-hmm. they get tapped on the hand. I get beat three, four to five minutes, you know. And she would always say, you're just like you hear the words now. You're just like your daddy. You're not going to amount to anything. And that destroyed my confidence. Mm-hmm. And it, it let me know in my heart how important it is for a parent to guide and to influence your child in the right direction because you are the second greatest influencer that's going to make that child rise or fall, the first mm-hmm. being God. And a lot of people underestimate the early age to expose kids to godly types, not telling stories, uh, not hating your friend because he called your hat ugly, and, and teaching godly type things that you will encourage them to be better people when they become a baby. It's very unfortunate, very unfortunate when, when a parent consistently criticizes you. Now, I'm a kid. I was fishing with my dad when I was a kid. I went to pick the rod up to bring a fish in. The fish was slapping and he fell in the water. He talked about that all day long. But when I called the fish, he didn't say good job, so, you know, go get the next. He didn't say that. He just continued to talk about the one out And we can't let things get away from our kids without building them up. I'm not saying when they don't do right. Forget about that. Bring that to his attention, but also show him and tell him the correct way to do it. Don't just criticize the wrong way he did, but you mm-hmm. got to instruct him on the path that should have been. You should have done that. This is what you should have told the teacher that he should have You should have went to the teacher. No, but you didn't have to stop. I swear I want you to do it next time, kid. And when we're talking to all kids like that, they absorb and believe in us. Don't be hurt because the kid called ugly. You're a beautiful person. And don't ever let nobody convince you of otherwise. If you want to, you build them up. You want to worry about people building them up and carrying them down and getting to them strength because you're not built them up at home as a parent. Take your role and make the best of them. And parents, no, it's so very important to groom a child so a child can rise above the obstacles of his world and go walking in the steps of the Lord and be successful. One thing they cannot do it without confidence. And one of the greatest confidence builders is the past. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I help somebody in saying that. I ask them because I mean. Yes. That's you know, me, sir. Well, number one, I'm so glad that you said that. And, you know, I didn't realize the the topic of insecurity, you can go seven eight hours just on that, you know, because it it branches from so much, you know, 
like you were mentioning, the parents, the parents are the parents. They make the they make the babies, but we raise the children. The mm-hmm. parents make the baby, but they also make the identity of the child. And I think a lot of times they unknowingly sometimes they don't realize what a stranger may say. It may affect the child a little, but what mama or daddy say, it devastates them. Because we have so much we have so much confidence and I'm gonna be honest with you. Parents are the children representative of who God is, especially fathers. Especially fathers, you know. And th- now, I-, I love you. I respect you. And if I'm wrong in my idea of saying this, I give you permission to correct me. But one of the things I always feel when it pertains to the hurt from women, the hurt of a woman, a lot of times that hurt that that woman have dealt with it stems from some type of hurt from a man. It could be a boyfriend or ex-husband or father. It could be our child. A, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, th- th- that's the way. That's the way I feel, and I think a lot of time, especially when um when a mother um have some type of hurt, um some type of resentment or unforgiveness, and even what you were mentioning about your upbringing, a lot of time what we don't realize, <clears throat> what we don't realize. When when you start comparing or when you start saying negative things about that child in comparison to the parent, because I'm going to be honest, I've heard that. I've heard that, too. You know, and one of the things that God had to help me to deal with is being able to forgive um, for a long time. And, you know, my father and I are very close and got a chance to talk. But I was looking just like him. I look just like him. They say I walk like him, talk like him. And when my mom and dad got a divorce, um, I re- I reminded her so much of my dad. And I used to hear that all the time. You're just like your daddy. You're just like your daddy. And I didn't understand that at first, you know. And, I nev- you know, a child never want to look at their parents in a negative way. You know, um, one of the things I always say, they can be, the father could be a horrible husband, but a great dad. And I think a lot of time, even with some, not all, but some women, because that ex-husband was a horrible ex-husband or not so good of a ex-husband, they kind of mask it where just because he was a bad husband, he's going to be a bad father too, and that's not the case. And so, so I think a lot of times, and matter of fact, that might be something we may have to talk about in the future because you'd be surprised how many people have dealt with so much pertaining to the result of a broken home. And that can that can really destroy a child's identity. I thought when my mom and dad got a divorce, I thought that I was the cause of it. 
I was young. I didn't understand. But I thought that I was to blame. But I thank God, even in the midst of that, that God let me know that it wasn't my fault. And that's their decision. But I'm so glad. You, you know what I mean? Anytime you want to call, you are always welcome. We love, we love to have you on the air. And we love your input, your input, your output, whatever you want to call it. It's necessary. Thank you, sir. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Okay, we got one more on the line, and then we're going to wrap up the show. Hello. Welcome to Rick and I'm a Heart. You're on the air. Hello. Hello there. Hello there. Would you like to say anything? Um, I I just wanted to tell you like how much I really enjoyed your show and I just wanted to appreciate the um gentleman and the young ladies that had spoke before me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it was powerful. And it like just made me think like how important it is and crucial it is to know your identity in Christ because when you don't, when you do know your identity in Christ, like nothing anyone says to you will be absorbed because you know who you are through him. So nothing anyone Mm -hmm. says will have any effect. But before you know who you are in Christ, anything anyone says to you, you will absorb because you don't really know who you are, so you just take what people tell you as that and mm-hmm. it's really um it's really dangerous and you have to be careful what you say to people also um like you know like think about what you say before you say it because you think like is this kind or you know because it's things that people have said to me before um that made me insecure it was like things they had said like i had a big nose or Uh, the way I talk, like my laugh, and I didn't pay attention to that until they would say that, and then it made me like, oh, do I really sound like that, or oh, is my nose really big? So being careful at what you say to people as well, and like as a child, my mother had signed her rights away um, for another man so she could be with another man, and that, like, made me feel like something was wrong with me. And as I got older, I would, like, search for that love and acceptance that I didn't get then. But I was blessed to, like, have my grandparents that came in and showed me, like, they would celebrate every little thing about me. So that would build my confidence. But also, like, knowing that, you know, I I just wanted that love and acceptance from my parents. And so as I got older, like, I dealt with a lot of things because of that. And it's also important to forgive people um, that may have caused certain things for you because they may have done that because they were insecure and they didn't deal with that. And it's just so many things that come from a person being insecure. And I just... I don't really know if that's making sense, but I just wanted uh-huh, to, uh-huh. you know, kind of chime in a little bit on that and say a little bit about what I had experienced and, like, the importance of knowing who you are in Christ and 
taking, you know, all your insecurities and fueling it into something more um, to help other people. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> this was just Thank so you. powerful. Like, I love this so much. <laughs> Thank yes. You. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. You know, um, like I said, that topic, like I said, it can go on for hours, you know, because it's so mm-hmm. much. We didn't re- I didn't realize it in the beginning, but insecurity, it plays so much in who we are and what we do. Who we are, what we do, you know, the decisions that we make, the decisions that we accept, um, right. you know, even, you, you know, you know, even with, even with, you know, dating and looking for love right. and all the wrong right. places, every yeah. place and stuff, you know, and you get people to try to fill that void, that void of mm-hmm. the insecurity, you know, and mm-hmm. even when you Somebody try to, to pick people. You. Yes, yes, yes. When you when you pick people, and it's funny, the people that we pick, they never feel it. They never refill right. it. They never fulfill it. They don't do anything. Right. Ashley, the, yeah, the, Ashley, those that we pick, they always drain us. We already dry. There's always mm-hmm. there's already a gap, but they dig a bigger gap. <laughs> you know. And but I thank God. God is mm-hmm. able to feel, feel that you know He can feel yeah. you. He can F I L L and F E E L. You know, we feel <laughs> His feeling. You know, He's He. Right. We feel His feeling fulfillment. Oh my, That's my. I, yeah. I I, I I thank God. Yes. Yeah. I well, I too. appreciate you. appreciate. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. We got. We got uh, one more person right here. Hello, welcome to Rick and Emma Hart Podcast. Hi, everyone. Hello, how you doing, ma'am? I'm doing good. I just wanted to chime in on what um, all the other ladies were saying. Um, I have, um, I know you mentioned about overcoming your weakness or insecurities, and I feel like my insecurity is having a, a safety net. Like I have, um, I have a place where I want to be comfortable, and if I cross that safety net, then I get uncomfortable, and that's when insecurities start to come. I even noticed it in high school where, um, where I'll be trying out for like cheerleading or basketball, and I'll be so afraid of doing it. But once I did it, I actually turned out to be really good at it. So it's just actually just overcoming it, and I feel like once you overcome it, you can can good will come out of it. And I know, um, like, with my walk to Christ, I know with the last lady she talked about, um, when you, like, she seen somebody and she thought she had it all together, and people usually look at me and say that. And then when they look at when I hear it, I'll be like, I'm not all together. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to find my way as much as you're trying to find your way. So it's like we all have to just walk. Our walk in Christ, and the more we walk our, the more we walk our walk with Christ, we find ourselves even more. So I just yeah. have to overcome those insecurities by actually doing it, because it might turn out to be really good. Hmm. If I make any sense. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And you know, 
I'm, I'm glad you said that we have to work on our weakness, but also it's funny thing. It's funny thinking about it now, but when people tell us or give us compliments, and like I said, I used to refuse it. I used to be negative about it and everything, but what I, what God was dealing me about, they are not, a lot of time they're speaking to who we're becoming. Even if we don't see it within ourselves, God placed people in our lives regardless if we know them or not. And it's funny when strangers come to you and say, you know what? You're a great young lady. You're like, oh, oh you're, you're strong in the Lord. What? And you saying to yourself, oh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. But see, mm-hmm. God placed them to encourage us by putting them right in front of us and they're speaking to that little person within us for us to grow, for that little person that's in us to grow so we can become what they just said. Mm. I, I, I wish you had a call 30, 30 years ago. I needed that. <laughs> yes. But but I will, I will say I appreciate you. You know, I appreciate everybody that called and like I said, this is this is not just helping those who may be listening, but it's helping me too. You know, this is this is what what it's all about. This is why God blessed us to be able to help. We are helpers of one another. You know, even the Bible tells us iron sharpens iron, you know. So a lot of times you may think that you don't have anything to um put in or you don't have any anything of value, but what you possess may be just enough for someone else. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I just got a I just got a message to someone that um wanna um chime in right quick. I'm gonna keep you I'm gonna keep you also on the online just in case you wanna say something too, okay? Okay. Okay. Hello, welcome to Rick Hello there. When you had got me on the line earlier, I kinda had I was kind of half asleep when you had got on here, but I felt like I needed to say more than what I said. Um, Okay, with my um, self-esteem things, like, I grew up with, like, three different parents. So, like, growing up, um, my my real mom, she gave me away or whatever, and then I met my stepmom, then I met my godmom. Well, my real mom, we really don't have that type of connection so that really built, that kind of lowered my self-esteem, too, because I felt like she didn't love me. I felt like she gave me away for no reason. I really didn't, like, understand, like, why she gave me away or whatever. But then I met my stepmom, and she was always there. She was loving and caring, and me and her had a connection that I had, that I always wanted with my mom, but she never did gave, that she never gave it to me or whatever. And then I met my godmom. She was the one, she, yeah, she loved me and care for me and stuff like that. But then she also brought me down, too, at the same time. Like, she would brought me and uh, just say mean things to me and just, like, tear me all the way apart. So that's another reason why my confidence is not all the way to part two, because she had brought me all the way down. And also relationships had brought me all the way down. Um, like you said, trying to be like other people, which – like the young lady on the phone just said just a minute ago, like wanting to um, what? Sit down. Wait. 
like the other lady on the phone said, um, wanting to be like other people. I feel like I was being a follower, but um, I'm really I'm really a leader, but I feel like I was being a follower, and people used to tell me, Kelly, that's not you. The things you're doing is not you. That's not you. So my stepmom used to always tell me, too, Kelly, you just being a follower. That's not you. You need to do do better or go the opposite way. Like, when I started working down here where I work at, it was this girl. She told me, she was like, girl, you look like you all into God and all this other stuff. And I was like, okay, I am, but... Hey, I'm still trying to get there too, or whatever. But um, I just want to tell people that having low self-esteem is really hard. Like it, it is really hard, and and like you may, like you said, you be afraid to look in the mirror and tell yourself you're beautiful and you're cute and all this other stuff. But like I try to tell myself that, but then I also once I walk out the door or whatever, I'm back to the ugly Kelly or the Kelly that's skinny or the Kelly that has a deep voice and all this other stuff because I was always teased about that growing up. But I just wanted to tell them, let y'all know that it is hard, and I just ask for prayer that God just help me to um, bring my confidence back and just help me to be who he wants me to be. And I just feel like I need to say that. Yes. Yeah. But thank you. Thank you, and of course, we definitely gonna be praying. And um, also, right before, <clears throat> right before we get ready to have a word of prayer, I want to uh, recommend two things. And these are the things that God dealt with me to do. And little did I know that it was helping me. But at the time I was dealing with things, the time I might have uh, relationship ended or. Somebody say something, and uh, when I'm at home, the devil wants us to isolate ourselves from people, from the world, from those that love us. Do not isolate yourself unless you want to spend time with God, and then after you spend time with God, now it's time to go out to be seen. One of the things that God told me to do was take me a shower put on some cologne, put on a nice outfit, and go to Walmart to be seen. And I'm like, what? (laughs) But he told me that because he wanted me to be showcased because God made me, God made us. We are his gift, his workmanship. That that means his artwork. He want us to be displayed. God want to put us on display for us to be seen. And when I came to the realization of that, it made me realize how loved I am by God, but also get this, even when people do things, even when people reject us, even when people say negative words about us, just like how Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Excuse me. Also, even when people do that, that's an opportunity that the devil would try to use to make us to become like them when we get into their position. The devil wants to see the devil already know that God has a purpose and plan for us, but the devil trying to taint or try to make 
us toxic. So what we have to do, we have to realize when the devil do those things to try to attack us in those areas with insecurity, with negative words of how people have done us, treated us, or whatever like that, just know that God has a plan and he has a plan that will make us successful. We will be successful in every endeavor that God has for us. But in that position, like we were speaking about at church earlier, in that position that God will have us in, the devil wants us to become like the people that have hurt us. The negative words that we that we heard to us or that was said to us, the devil trying to make us become like them people so we can hurt other people. So I want each and every one of us to know we're not defined by what a person says or done to us. But in spite of what they said or what they've done, God still has a purpose and a plan for us. And thank God we could have been, listen, we could have been, aborted, we could have been killed, murdered when we were small or whatever, but God allowed us to be alive for a reason. And each and every one who had called in, I'm going to tell you, I enjoyed every one of y'all words, every one of y'all comments. It ministered to me, but just think about the place that we were insecure in, or the reason why we were insecure, the devil knew that God had a purpose and a plan even on this podcast. Even years earlier, God knew that there were going to be people that was going to be hurting and we were going to be talking about this on the podcast. Fighting what we dealt with, God has already given us the victory and healing and the deliverance. So that way, we can help those who are insecure or who are dealing with insecurities because one of our purposes, one of our purposes, like I got a message asking about the purpose. One of our purposes in life, it deals with the issues that we came from. The issue, because we're going to find answers. If I, listen, if I was not insecure, if I had not dealt with insecurity, I wouldn't have been able to do any homework about my identity. And me having to do homework on my insecurity, God gave me the homework assignment to do it, to learn about it. And it taught me the identity he gave me, not through other people's eyes, but through his eyes. So I had to do research, I had to pray, I had to fast, I had to meditate, I had to do all these things to do research on insecurity because that was my problem. And now I'm able to help those who are how I was. And that's part of the purpose that God has for us. Whatever issue that you deal with in life, that actually is linking us to our purpose because the devil trying to get a head start to make us give up what God has for us, the road and the map that God has for us. So the devil going to try to derail it before we get on the straight path to our purpose and plan that God has for us. So I'm so glad and so honored that you all called and just know 
just because you grew up like that don't mean that you have to end up like that. Just because we might have been said crazy words, negative words, get this, God is helping each and every one of those negative words, which are spirits. God wants us to be able to speak life out of our own mouth. Speak those words that were never said to you. Speak those words to you so you can hear in your spirit. If, ne- if, if positive words never came to you, if godly words never came to you, now God has given us the responsibility of saying it out of our own mouth through his word so we can be able to be healed and hold, delivered from whatever traps or whatever that those negative words try to do to us. Because like the Bible says, no weapon formed against us shall prosper, not only pertaining to negative actions, but also negative words. No weapon, the weapons of verbal warfare, physical warfare, spiritual warfare, or sexual warfare. Those who may have been dealing with insecurity because of you might have been violated, you might have been physically, emotionally abused, just know that is not your identity. And we even speaking right now, for those who may even have said those things, those who might have said or done negative things to people, first of all, we thank you for listening. And we'll listen, we forgive you. We release every hurt. We release every word. But we're not holding it against you because we know it wasn't you, but it was the spirit within you. So we 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 love you and we praying for you. And we pray that God help you to not only ask for forgiveness or be forgiven, but also for you to forgive yourself. We hold no ill will towards you, but we don't want you to hold any ill will towards yourself. And in case those who may be who may not know how to give everything to God, we want you to know just like how you can talk to us. You can talk to God. God cares about each and every one. And he wants us to go to him in every aspect pertaining to our life. And in case those who may be listening, if you're not saved, Romans 10 and 9 tells us, If thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ as thy Savior, and believe in their heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So no matter what you've been dealing with or how long you've been dealing with it, you can give it to God right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we're coming to you right now, God. Thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We're coming to you right now, God. We thank you, Lord, for this meeting on tonight, God. God, we ask, Lord, first of all, God, to help us, God, and forgive us if there's anything that we said or done or thought or felt that was unlike you, God. God, we ask you for your forgiveness and we receive your forgiveness. God, we're coming out to tell you thank you, Lord, for the healing and the deliverance that you have given us, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for healing our hearts right now, God. God, there may be some who might have been listening, God, who just tuned in, God, but God, you had a word for them, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for ministering and meeting every one of our needs right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we're speaking right now, God, for those who may be dealing with insecurities right now, God, let them know, God, that they can give it to you right now. God, let them know, God, 
whatever they may feel inadequate about. It might be their identity or their ability, God. Help them, God, to see you and to seek you in every area of their life right now, God. God, we speaking, God, to help them to understand their identity in you right now, God. God, no matter what negative words that may have been said or even negative actions that may have been done right now, God. Help them to understand right now, God, that you made them beautiful, God. God, Everything that you made, you said it was good, God. And God, let them know, God, not only, God, that you love us and you made us in your image and likeness, God, but, God, you made us put a divine now, God. And, God, even how we look, God, help us, God, to be pleased with how we look right now, God. God, understand, God, that we look like you right now, God. And, God, you made us to look like the way that we do for a reason and a purpose. And we thank you, God, and we appreciate you, God. God, we ask you, Lord, those who may be seeking their purpose, God, those who may be uh, going forth in ministry or in their purpose or even in business, God, help them, God, to rely upon you right now, God, in the name of Jesus. God, we speaking, God, that you reveal every purpose and plan right now in the name of Jesus. Instead of about everything you stand for, we bind about we bind everything the devil stands for, send it back to the pits of hell right now. In the name of Jesus, and we thank you for everything you've done, everything you're going to do right now. We thank you for the testimony from this right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to thank each and everyone who are tuning in. If you have any questions or suggestions on future topics, you can catch me on Facebook. I'm Brother Prater. You can read my data devotions or videos or data devotions or upcoming Excuse me. You can read my data devotions or videos on my page, or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, where it's Brother Prater. And you can also go to my website at www.brotherprater.org. You will see my data devotion, upcoming events, and personal appearances. Also, you can purchase my book on the store section of my website. You can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men the needs and the responsibilities towards their children, their family, their spouse, even their children's mother, and to inform women the needs of men and to give single women the qualities of a potential future husband and or present to future children. I want to thank each and one who tuned in, and thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart Podcast. God bless you, and good night.